Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Previously on Planet Arcana. Last time a great whale appeared above Paragon and sang to our heroes, pulling Celestine and Crater into a vision of the past. Our crew are mere spectators as the scene transforms into a funeral being held at an underwater grandatorium, where an elegy with an oddly familiar tune is performed by none other than Celestine's former companion, Quintessa Sombra. Among the attendees are Caspian Crowflies, a famous but solitary sea captain, accompanied by his robot dog, Fisher. Betty Bottom Dollar, a bookie with a reputation for being unusually lucky. And Father Fiat, an influential specter who revels in his influence. Their public assignment to escort Quintessa Sombra on her first diplomatic mission. Secretly, however, they have been tasked with a second assignment to slip away to a remote location on the outskirts of town where they are meant to recover a relic of the Arcana. Their destination is known as the Pitch Black and is located just outside Aquaketch. It is said that of the 50 people who ventured into the Pitch Black, none have returned. With the odds against them, the trio nonetheless press on, each having their own reasons for sticking to the mission. They quickly realize they are being followed, but are surprised to learn that their pursuer is, in fact, Quintessa Sombra, who knows our party is up to something, and she wants in. And they could hardly refuse. After all, they were charged both with recovering the relic and escorting Sombra. These duties were personally assigned to them by Sombra's maker, who, of course, is Regent Faze. The very same regent who served in the years before the Big Oops four millennia ago. Adding this fourth member to their ranks, the party presses on into the pitch black. As they enter, Caspian feels the presence of the Hermit Arcana, and Sombra is distraught to learn they are infringing on an Arcana's territory with intention to steal its relic. Within the darkness, there is but a single illuminated figure, a massive whale. Sombra believes this to be a liminal beast, an extra-dimensional creature that lives at the border between realities. The party follows this light across the blackness and down into an underwater lake, emerging to find a realm with a starless sky, crisp air, and a set of train tracks that extends into darkness. The liminal whale is nowhere to be seen, so the group head toward a pinprick of flickering light and find a hooded lantern hung atop a tall staff. 
Upon closer inspection, the lantern and staff are entirely incorporeal. Looking for guidance, Caspian communes with the Hermit Arcana, only to find that the Hermit is displeased about the intrusion and warns that the group will only leave this place empty-handed. Just then, the lantern sputters and goes out, blanketing the party in darkness. When it reignites, it is in the hand of a skeleton who, alongside two others of its kind, rush forward to attack. I can hear you. I am listening. Oh, how I miss you, my dearest darling. I miss the clockwork. The networks. Oh, these metropolises. These. These. Burdened. Oh, the fun and games we have planned. But always with the promise that we are on a blinding path of success. You will be tried. You will be. See the world. You will know planet Arcana. You will find all it takes is a friend. All it takes is perseverance. All it takes is a key. Long before the current events of Planet Arcana, we find ourselves with a brand new cast of co-workers, colleagues, and they find themselves at the bottom of the ocean, or rather somewhere beyond the bottom of the ocean, in a strange liminal place. A place where gravity is reversed and the feeling of isolation washes over. They find themselves in pitch darkness, having just watched the lantern become extinguished, and righting themselves when all of the train tracks, dismantled, went in a hundred different directions. They righted themselves. The train tracks became one again. And from the other end of the train tracks comes another bobbing light, what looks like the lantern, but no longer on the staff, instead in the hands of a skeleton, running sword first towards you. Let's enter combat. Enter. I need everyone to draw initiative, which is either instinct or kinetic. Sweet. Okay. And we just get to choose. Correct. And we still draw, we draw from the appropriate deck, whether like exactly. we're comfortable. Okay. So. Yeah. If you're comfortable, you can draw from your comfort deck. And if not, discomfort. I'm comfortable, but I drew the page of swords and failed because my total Ooh. limit score is 10. Ooh. And you've drawn one over. So you will not be acting before the enemies this round. I drew on instinct. My limit score was seven, but I drew the eight of pentacles. So I. Oh my God. Failed. Damn. Uh, my limit score is nine for instinct, and I also drew the eight of pentacles. Oh, oh well, that's good though. For oh, you. okay, yes. that's good. Uh, I have a total limit score of ten for kinetic, and I drew the eight of swords. Nice. Yes. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. So that will put Betty and Caspian at the top of the round. You can decide between either of you who wants to go first. Uh, I can go first. Yeah, fish captains always go first. <laughs> 
That's what they say. <laughs> yeah, that's the saying. Fish. Ca- so sorry, just to, just to be clear, fish captains. Yes, fish captains. Fish captains. Fish captains. Why go first? All right, Caspian, you have a choice between a bunch of things to do here. Basically, you can do three things per turn. Those include uh, weapon attack, you can move, you can use an item, or you can use two of those moves to do things like heal or uh, use your magic or your tech. Caspian doesn't move too much, but he does have a bazooka. (laughs) Uh, So I would like to use said bazooka. Okay. Yeah. Seems good. Seems good. Yeah, it does seem good. Yeah. Okay, so for you to uh, determine how much damage you're going to do, like how well you hit, I'd Mm -hmm. like you to draw from your comfort deck. Okay. Oh, does this count as an action? Can I use my uh, lucky sand dollar? Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to say it is going to be a cup. No. Oh, one of these times you're going to get it. (laughs) Yeah. It's the tower. Oh. Oh, Okay. Well, when you draw a major arcana from your comfort deck, you actually get to regain a d4 worth of points of potential, which we haven't gotten into yet. And since you've not used any points of potential, it's not very helpful for you now. No. So I'll ask you to draw another card. Okay. I got the Empress. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh, you're, you're okay. Yeah. Once again, it seems like something about this area, uh, Caspian, wants you to <laughs> wants you to be fulfilled with your points of potential, but you have haven't used any yet, and I'll ask you to draw another card. All right. I shuffled these so well, so hard. I did it so many times, so and I have drawn the star. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Oh my god. Okay. Which wow. is my minor narrative pull? Wow. Just yeah. for the listeners. Sky is drawing from a deck of 35 cards, and there's only seven major arcana in yep. there. So three major arcana have shown up, ready to serve. Ready to <laughs> serve. To see it. Could they just take one of the skeletons out? <laughs> draw if you draw another major arcana on your next pull, mm-hmm. I'll just you'll just wipe the board. Divine right. intervention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have shuffled again. Okay. Just in case. And okay. There we go. We got the queen. Oh, oh my god. god. That's another crit. Well, another crit success, first of all. So you get to grant another player plus one to their limit score for their following draw. So mm-hmm. you can kind of like call that when before someone's about to make a check. Cool. And you can roll damage now for your bazooka and your damage will be doubled because it was a critical <gasps> success. Ten. Ten damage. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> you all sort of like ready to uh, face these skeletons. (laughs) Caspian gets down on one knee. Uh, He's been carrying the bazooka on his back. He slings it around uh, and just like really like like a little too like disconcertingly comfortably uh, just like targets crosshairs uh, and blasts off. Fantastic. Do you know what you're doing with that thing? Mm. All of you stand back and watch Caspian do this. And Caspian, as you bazooka these skeletons, the projectile goes through them and just explodes all of their bones everywhere. They all like <gasps> splash into the water around you. The three skeletons are completely dismantled. <laughs> the lantern sort of falls and rolls down the uh, the train tracks a little bit. And then you hear what sounds like like a grotesque sort of like reassembly of a body mm. further down the line. 
you notice six more skeletons running towards you. Fuck off. <laughs> and you still have the rest of your combat round to take advantage of, Caspian. Okay, so from here, uh, I am going to use my key item. Just get it Ooh. right out there, if I may. And Caspian grabs from around his waist under his shirt a rope, a big, tough sailor's rope so wide that uh, Caspian, who has extremely large hands, uh, can just wrap his fingers around it in his palm. And this rope, this uh, sailing rope, is prehensile. So, uh, using his mind, basically, Caspian can throw the rope and will it to do anything that he wants. And in this moment, he throws the rope forward. The rope goes around all of the skeletons in front of him, tightens like a boa constrictor and keeps them all not shattered, uh, but in a little skeleton bouquet that they can't move in. <laughs> so I'm going to call this like a points of potential because you're kind of using magic. Mm -hmm, I would say. And that's a significant, like we're talking about hitting six skeletons. Mm -hmm. So points of potential in this game are sort of, a, it's a meter of your extraordinary talents and extraordinary effects. Um, each character starts with seven points and based on what they want to do, we sort of ascribe a number of points that they'll need to spend to try this effect. To get six skeletons, I'm going to call this a great magnitude. Okay. So you're going to have to spend at least five points of potential. Are you okay with that? Yes. Okay. So take three stamina damage by trying to use your points of potential. Mm -hmm. And then I'd like you to draw from your comfort deck. Okay. Do they get a, a bonus to the the limit score as well that's true you also get a plus three limit score bonus so it's unless you roll a crit fail here it's gonna be yeah tough. <laughs> it's it's a it's a three of swords okay you manage to group these skeletons into a little as you called it skeleton bouquet <laughs> i'm gonna say that's gonna severely nullify their damage and it's going to hinder their movement okay that cool with you that's cool with me well done caspian uh Thanks. I think the other 50 people that died here didn't have a bazooka or a magic rope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's pass the round over to Betty. Okay, I, I think I think Betty's also going to cast a spell here. Ooh. Ooh. I think what I want to try to do is I want to target these six skeletons, mm -hmm. and I want to confuse them and make every other skeleton that is in their little pod look like one of us. So I'm going to... They're, I'm gonna like cast like a disguise self on these skeletons, so so they they think everyone else in that group is like one of our party. Oh, so maybe they potentially attack themselves, <laughs> eat themselves oh from God. the inside. I got you. I got That's you. Right. Well, I'm gonna say that you can use a great effect, like your use five to seven points to be like uncannily look like you guys, or you could use a medium cost to to almost look like your party uh, let's do let's do a medium cost so i can save a couple points of potential okay and then maybe it'll work on some of them and they'll take out hopefully half half of them love that yeah. okay let's call that if you're only hoping to take out some of them let's call that a, a medium cost of three okay your stamina cost will be two to use it your limit score will go up by two and then i'd like you to draw from your comfort deck gotcha uh and that's a page of cups oh <sighs> you know what it fails but what happens at that very moment is that Sombra takes something out and you hear like a trilling from behind you. It's like a great warbling sound. And what she has in her hand is her key item. And I'm going to make this my once use procession in order to mm. turn this into a success. It's 
called a harmonica. Oh. And <laughs> I, th- I think that possibly Fiat would recognize it as like um, an Android vocal processor. I recognize that. It's an Android <laughs> vocal processor. <laughs> Betty, your, your move almost doesn't go through. And then you feel inspired, emboldened even by the sound of a... Android vocal processor behind you, a harmonica, a harmonica, if you will. <laughs> and I will. You manage to turn four of the six of them into likenesses of you. So there's two skeletons who remain, but they all look really confused in this little bouquet. Okay, amazing. That will bring us to the skeletons. Eat yourselves. They all try to move. <laughs> They're wrapped up in a rope. Four of them look exactly like you. (laughs) If they were once people, they've lost their intelligence. And they're struggling to figure out what to do. The two skeletons who aren't turned attack the two in front of them who are turned. They're going to roll damage here. Enemies just roll damage. They don't need to see if they hit or not. And one skeleton deals five bone damage to the skeleton in front of it and kills it. Nice, get boned. <laughs> oh, the other skeleton deals four bone damage to the other skeleton and that one uh, collapses. Get boned. There's four skeletons left in this bouquet and two of them uh, resemble you. I guess one one looks like uh, Caspian and one looks like <laughs> Betty because those are the people right up at the front. The remaining skeletons, they start to look a little confused. One of them, I think, is able to pull out their special move because they're so confused. Normally, they'd all be able to do this, but I think I'm only going to let one do it. Um, it starts to to run its sword over its rib cage and it's going to use its special move called Xylobone. (laughs) I'm going to have everyone roll an instinct check for me, please. Roll. And look out, you'll be taking bone damage if you don't don't succeed on this. I want that bone damage. Limit score seven, and that's a four of pentacles for Fiat. Success. Five of cups. For Caspian. Success. Success. Okay. Is this, this sorry, this is discomfort? Uh if you're discomfortable in it. If you're <laughs> if it's not one of your comfortable skills, then yes. Okay. It is one of my comfortable skills. And I have well, ten. And I drew a seven. We are good. Okay. Oh, I'm pretty good at instinct. Uh but I did pull the ten of cups, so I failed that. Okay. Hey, uh, uh, question for the GMs. Yes. Um Caspian has, I think, a couple of limit score bumps that he can pass to a friend um, from the crits, can that be done after the result is drawn or does it have to be done before? It is before. Okay. So, Betty, uh, the xylobone really gets to you. It's uh, it's just not good music. That's, um, I don't need to flavor more than that. It's a bunch of bones rattling around and it sounds like a xylophone. Oh, it's Boney M. Boney M! We're going to take four <laughs> bone damage. But that's good music. Rah, 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 And the skeletons cannot move. I think they're grouped together pretty tightly because of the rope. And that will uh, pass the round over to the latter half, which is Sombra and Father Fiat. You feel free to go, my child. I, I, this is not really my thing. Me? Uh, okay, um, this isn't really my domain, but no, okay, um, all right. You asked to be here. I did ask to be here. And Sombra is going to use some points of potential to cast 
some of her like tech abilities. Cool. She turns her hand over and a panel opens up in her palm and it reveals like a ticking clock and she's going to wind it backwards um, in order to like slow the movement of the remaining skeletons. Oh, wow. Fucking cool. Let's call that a cost of four points of potential. All right. I am taking that off. Actually, let's call it let's call it five because we made uh, Caspian to try to wrangle all six of them, which is a similar type of move. Let's call it five. Okay. So it will be a great effect, which means you it'll cost three stamina, but your limit score will go up by three. Okay. And I'm just trying to be eight here on my comfort deck. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. That is your base score. Yeah. Here we go. I drew an eight. I drew an eight of swords. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it yeah. just barely succeeds. So you watch as these, like, the skeletons, they're like doing their little xylophone songs mm. and the music just starts to like wind down like a tape starting to um you know fail their movements just could become like slow down it's it's cool it's actually sick okay <laughs> that's two of your combat moves would you like to do anything with your last move sombra yeah i think with the skeletons like a little bit subdued i'm gonna have sombra move up to sort of be in a line with the two in front so with caspian and uh fiat all right father fiat what you got noticing that betty took a little uh damage from the skeletons there i think i want to heal betty oh so just to be clear do i is there any bonus like limit score <laughs> increase Sorry. for healing bonus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. oh there is no bonus because you don't have to draw. Oh. Yeah. When you heal, it just happens. Um, the only variable is that you have to roll to see how much you heal. Sure. Okay. Well, I am just going to spend one point of potential, uh, which costs me one stamina as well, because I have the healer specialization. And so I get to roll 2d4 oh. instead of one. Hmm. Three points of stamina restored to Betty. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Daddy. <gasps> thank you, Daddy. <laughs> Our Daddy who art in heaven. That's, that is uncomfortable for me. You are a Daddy. Yes. That, well, all right. Uh, so that is, uh, that's two of my three combat actions. Um, Correct. And I don't think I have any, you know what? I will, for the sake of it, uh, I will take my last action to move, and I'll just move back a little, because <laughs> those skeletons look dangerous. <laughs> well, that'll conclude the round. I need everyone to make another instinct or kinetic check to determine the new order. Oh. Okay. I drew the Ace of Pentacles, which is a success for me. Fantastic. I drew the Two of Swords, that's a success. King of Cups. Ooh, oh, crit failure. Crit failure. <laughs> but you get to take plus one to Ouch. your next limit score. Hey, check. thank you. So that's good. Yeah. And I got the Ten of Pentacles, which is also a fail for me. Oh. Oh. Ooh, it's like, it's, it's reversed this round. It is reversed. Mm. Sombra and Fiat, you're in a position of power right now. You get to move before these skeletons do. And they're quite compromised. They're wrapped up in a rope. They're slowed. Two of them look like you. <laughs> they're quite vulnerable at this moment. Okay, uh, uh, I'm gonna try something if that's okay. <laughs> Daddy Fiat. No, well, well, <laughs> all right. We'll talk about that later. It's gonna stick. <laughs> it's gonna stick. It's gonna sticky. All right, I'm gonna, because the skeletons have been so subdued by Caspian and I, I'm gonna wander up kind of tentatively to one of them, like look back at my party and pull out the ceremonial dagger and uh, 
just be like, well, I, I guess I'm going to stab a skeleton. <laughs> Hell yeah. And that is, um, it's a three. So that's, that's a success. Fantastic. So that means you can roll and you do full damage. No modifiers. All right. And my little D6. Four. Oh, you knock out the skeleton that you were aiming at. Hey, <gasps> did you see that? You're doing great, kid. That was rather impressive. I am bloodthirsty. Um... <laughs> Very surprised by how much I bone like that. Thirsty. <laughs> bone thirsty. <laughs> thirsty for Yum. bones. I did not like that xylophone song. And I guess I have one more action, yeah? Yes, you do. I'm going to move back in formation, stand right next to Caspian in the group. Oh, beautiful. Somber runs up, stabs one skeleton to death, and runs back. <laughs> yeah, all right. I'm so jazzed. <laughs> Good job, kid. Thank you. Well done, indeed. Oh. Father Fiat, you're up. Well, emboldened by by uh, uh, Sombra's bravery, I I will also run into the fray. If the child can do it, so can I. <laughs> <laughs> Take out my 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 fancy boy dagger and uh, and go to go to stab. Uh, so this is uh, sorry, I'm drawing from my comfort deck. Correct. Okay. Uh, you can get plus one inspiration. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So then that puts me at a nine and. I got the Magician, drawing from my comfort deck. That's what, uh, refresh point of potential? In your comfort deck, you get to refresh your points of potential. Okay, well, it is... Which is great, because you just used some to heal. That's right, uh, and only one, so I'm just back up to full. Perfect. Uh, okay, gonna keep drawing. And the Hanged Man, so more <laughs> Whoa. points of potential. Wow. The King of Swords, I'm afraid I have crit failed. Oh, oh my lord. <laughs> My that God. is the only thing that you could draw in this deck to make to ensure you do no damage. So Father <laughs> Fiat <laughs> saying that if the child can do it, so can I. <laughs> run up into the fray and just stab through all of the ribs That's of the right, Yeah, <laughs> take a swing and it's just all all air, no bone. This is hotter than it looks. Uh, <laughs> and I will run right back. <laughs> Daddy, no. Perfect. Daddy, no. Someone else go. <laughs> In fact, it is the skeleton's turn. There is one remaining that still looks like you. So one of the skeletons is going to attack it. And let's see how much bone damage it does. It does a full four damage. That skeleton uh, is gone. The skeletons who look like you are now gone, and only the two skeletons who are skeletons remain. <laughs> they are going to once again do their horrible xylobone song. song. So I'm going to need everyone to make another instinct check for me. I'm going to give myself plus one to this because of my crit fail. Yep. Uh, I pulled the emperor. For the emperor, because you drew from your comfort deck, mm -hmm. you get to restore points of potential. Ooh, awesome. Um, so that's a 1d4. Oh. And who... Did anyone fail? I did not fail. No, I did not fail. I didn't fail either. I had a score of eight and I drew the four of cups. Score of 11 with the correct guess of the... Oh, nice. Uh, sand dollar, and I got a seven of swords. Yeah, sand dollar. Sand dollar. And how about you, Betty? I draw again because I got. Yes, the, you draw okay. until you pull a minor, a minor arcana. Gotcha. Uh, ooh, I got the two of pentacles. So that's a success for me. Beautiful. Oh, they're in so much trouble. No one is taking any bone damage this round. You all are maybe like the the, the xylophone song is becoming a little bit catchy. And that's Um, and that will take us to the back of the round, which is Betty and 
Caspian. Caspian, can I have a chance to stab one of these bone guys before you blow him up with uh, a bazooka? <laughs> absolutely. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Betty's just going to skip towards them. Okay. And then from her back pocket, she'll take out her switchblade and then uh, stab one of the skeletons right in the skull. If the child can do it, so can you. (laughs) And let's see, switchblade. Oh, that's a page of pentacles. Oh. Okay, well... A failure in this case, it's not a crit failure. It just means that you'll roll damage, but you'll only do half of it. All right. Oh, I rolled max damage there. That really sucks. That's four damage. (laughs) Well, interestingly enough, four damage is just enough to take out one of these uh, skeletons. You do go through the ribs a little bit, but you're you're able to like shift the position of your hand upwards and like kind of jimmy it around and the bones just fall all over the place. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well... I did that. And one skeleton remains. Sophia, you have to aim for the bone, not the place between the bone. Thank you for that (laughs) educational insight. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to use my movement again just to run back to the group. See, Fiat, you have to aim for the for the bone, not the face. I'm leaving, but that's it. I'm done with you all. (laughs) Betty, that was so cool. Thank you. All pretty cool. Caspian is going to furrow his already seemingly permanently furrowed brow. Uh, and saunter towards said skeleton. I want to. I want to backhand him. <laughs> let me. Let me. Uh, like specify. Caspian's hands are fucking huge. It's a really <laughs> yeah. big surface. Um, so yeah, how do I do this? I believe it. I think like Caspian's big, so I kind of assume that maybe your unarmed damage could do like a D four instead of just one. Sure. Uh, draw from your comfort deck and let's see how much damage you can do. Okay. Oh, can I use my plus one? From your crit, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay, I'm going to use that right now. So plus one. And I am going to... Okay. <laughs> right on the money. It's a nine of swords, baby. Ooh, oh, yeah. and your target was a nine. Yeah, yeah. All right. So you, you've you succeeded, which means you're just going to do full damage. So roll a d4. I'm okay. going to tell you... You need a four to kill this thing. <laughs> you got this. Oh, got a three. Oh, oh. <laughs> this thing hanging on by a thread. We believe in you, Caspian. But I have one more movement, don't I? Exactly. Okay, man's got two hands, doesn't he? Take <laughs> <laughs> the other hand. Let's go. <laughs> what did the five fingers say to the face? Oh, slap. <laughs> Here's what's up. This thing has one damage left. There's only a one card in your deck that could jeopardize this for you and that would be a crit fail. That's the only chance you don't get to roll damage. So draw and all you don't you want anything except for a king from your comfort deck. That's a ten of cups. You backhand the final (laughs) skeleton. (laughs) Okay, this hand, this hand has a ring on it. He's gonna kiss his ring and he's gonna <laughs> not backhand, but full palm slap the bejesus out of the skeleton and the head is gonna swivel around two times and end up backwards as the skeleton falls to the ground. My, my. The skeletons have handily been dealt with. Congratulations, you've succeeded at your first combat. We all have really, so I'm quite pleased. <laughs> 
Hey, Peter. Wow, fancy meeting you here. Yeah, I'm just going to market to stock up on some Clamato. Oh, the market. Hmm. Well, I just came from market and, uh, well, now, Peter, I'm no gossip. You know I'm no gossip. Oh, I know. And I know you're no gossip either. No, certainly not. But I couldn't help overhearing, and I thought you'd want to know... Have you heard the latest about the Planet Arcana Patreon? Oh, I heard. You won't believe what I heard. It's utterly scandalous. Do you know they've launched new Patreon tiers? Oh, I heard. As though early ad-free episodes and access to special channels in the official Planet Arcana Discord weren't enough. Now they're offering perks like an artwork club, where you receive a new piece of Planet Arcana art in the mail every month. They've got a tier with exclusive merchandise. They have one with custom audio messages from the cast they even have one listen they even have one where j and b will run a ttrpg session for you and your friends what yeah and of course who could forget that patrons also gain access to planet arcana's super special monthly talkback show recharge where listeners get a behind the scenes peek at the players the gms the story the world all of this on their patreon who do they think they are (laughs) unbelievable unbelievable Okay, so you heard about the Patreon tiers, but did you hear about their new merch store? No, they didn't. Oh, they did. They did. T-shirts, hoodies, crewnecks, mugs, and all in an array of tasteful colors and designs. The scandal. Utterly outrageous. And where did they launch this new venture? You can find the link to the merch store at planetarcana.com. Can you believe it? I literally cannot. And you know what else I can't believe? These new goals of theirs? Oh, I know. Can you imagine rerunning the heist at Riscotech with unused player characters? Hosting an exclusive online concert featuring Jay and Sky Wallace? Can you imagine? Oh, I can imagine it. Well, all I can say is that I'm glad I'm following them on Patreon.com slash Planet Arcana, so I don't get caught unawares. And all I can say is that I'm glad I'm following them on their Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram accounts, so I don't miss out on any new gossip. Not that I gossip. No, certainly not. Certainly not. You find yourselves uh, back on the train tracks. There's no more uh, grotesque sounds of skeletons reassembling. But the lantern, it's about maybe like 10 feet away from this fray. And it's like on its side, laying down on the train tracks and it's flickering. And uh, you hear a voice from just up ahead. You can't quite see. And you just hear someone say, uh, ah, pretty impressive. <laughs> Jesus Christ, though, those are my friends. Skelizabeth, Hello? Hello? <laughs> Anybody there? Who's there? Who is it? Show yourself. I should ask you the same fucking question. I'd love to show myself, but I'm uh, <laughs> currently in pieces. <laughs> start start kicking around the like the, the the pile of bones that's there and just like trying to find which which skull's talking. Ow, that's my fucking femur. <laughs> oh. Can uh, I see if I can find the head in the darkness? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's try and find the head. Amazing. Uh, if anybody wants to try to find the head, I'm going to ask you to roll an analyze check for me. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Oh, boy, that's discomfort. But what are you going to do? <laughs> uh, oh, my God, I did it. Yeah. It's a two of chalices. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. So, Sombra, you're looking around. It's it's not hard, to be fair. There's just a talking skeleton head, and you just start to walk towards the light, and uh, you just see a skeleton head. And uh, it just kind of, like, looks up at you, and it, like, rattles a little bit as you get closer, and it's just like, hey, 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 whoa, 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 not so close. I'm just, like, just a little bit uh, beside myself here. <laughs> 
Oh, uh. dear. Uh, I found the noisy part. Great. Step on it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold uh. up. <laughs> Sombra's foot's already in the air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Quint- Quintessa, can I, have the, can I have that skull? Uh, uh, certainly, uh, here. To be or not to be. Sorry, I, I, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, beautiful. Wow. Oh, my God. Um... Uh, Miss Mr. Bones. Uh Skeldon is my name. <laughs> oh, no offense, man, but uh what's a bones doing talking? Uh well I didn't I wasn't always bones. I guess there was always bones in me, but uh now I'm just bones. I used to have a fleshy body, but uh well, that went to swim with the fishes, I guess. <laughs> um last thing I felt was an electric shock and now I'm uh in pieces. You're Sheldon, right? Uh, I'm Skeldon, actually. Skeldon now. Were you always Skeldon when you were Flash and Bone? The skull looks deep in thought for a moment. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've just been calling myself Skeldon, and, um, you know, that over there is Skelizabeth, there's Skelkel, (laughs) Skeljamin, Skelronica, all my friends, which, by the way, you just dismantled. Uh, not super stoked about that, but, um, yeah, you know... Skeldon doesn't feel that familiar. It's not like I've been saying it my whole life. Almost like I have been, but uh, but not quite. Now, Skeldon, um, tell me this. Was there exactly 50 of you down here? What? <laughs> 50 people went missing in the pitch black. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Are you associating that stat? Okay. First of all, I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Well, like, well, we had we had heard of someone by the name of Sheldon coming down to the pitch black at one point and never coming back. And it was one of the unlucky 50. And I was just wondering if you were if you and 49 of your friends were down here waiting for someone to come rescue or something. I came down by myself. But you know what? Uh, it's all coming. It's all coming together now. Like I wished my body would. You know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> I haven't really thought about what what I was before I was just a pile of bones. But yeah, I guess maybe I came down here. You know what? Jeez. Now I'm thinking about it. Huh. I used to have, like, uh, you know, skin and stuff. Yeah, you don't anymore. Uh, Mr. Uh, Skeldon. Uh, why, uh, and again, no offense, man, but why, why, why'd you attack us? Oh, I didn't attack you. I'm in, I'm in pieces. Uh, but my friends, uh, you know, they're, they're not great conversationalists. Don't tell them I said that, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they've been acting a little, uh, squirrely lately. I don't know why. I'm not going to apologize for them, though. That was, like, their actions. I'm just here <laughs> minding my own business as a fucking skull on a ground. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, we're looking for a relic. Yes. I think uh, most of us were, now that you mention it. And, uh, well, I noticed that the uh, the old lantern has come back for a little visit to Skeldon. And um, these train tracks sure go on forever. And I, I wish I got to see what was at the end of it. Because I would assume that maybe uh, the relic gets, uh, you know how it kind of just like flickers into nothingness? Like a lot. Uh, I noticed that, yeah. Yeah, well, um, when I first got here, it went out completely. I got attacked by skeletons, and uh, now I'm one of them. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, you know the uh, the voice that came in my head. Uh, she uh, she said something about um, you'll only leave empty-handed. Hmm. I mean, I, I wanted to leave with the relic. I don't know if maybe that's what's. Uh, I don't know. Things are a little wishy-washy and timey-wimey down here. You know what I'm saying? Timey-wimey. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
is the lantern the relic? Ah, uh, I think so. It's got like relic vibes, you know? Yes. As a foremost relic scholar, I would agree. It has relicy vibes. Yeah. Now, uh, Skeldon, you yeah. mentioned that you um, heard the voice when you came in. You were grabbed by skeletons. What, um, in your experience, does the lantern ever turn back on? Because it, it's 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 rather dark. Uh, well, it didn't for me, but I, you know, I, I just realized I, I just have no idea how long I've been down here. You know, but I've like. I've seen a couple other people come in, and uh, yeah, there was one. Uh, someone took something out of their pocket and then gave it to the lantern, and it kind of lit up again, and then they carried on, and I don't know, assume they got grabbed by skeletons, like, a little down the way. I didn't see them again anyway, is my point. So it's an offering mm-hmm. it wants. Yeah, yeah, probably. Did you make it an offering? Oh, no, no, no. Why not? Well, what am I going to give it? Like, I, you know, I... Am I going to give it a weapon? No. I got, well, I mean, load of good that did me, but like, I'm not going to give it my weapon, the thing that I need. And like, what, do you, do you think it wants my money? Like, an arcana wanting my money? Sheesh. Surely not. Yeah. Why are you saying that that might have been like the, the thing that might have cost me my fleshy exterior? Well, something cost it. Damn. One must always be willing to sacrifice for the arcana. Eh. <laughs> well, that attitude is how you landed yourself here. Hey, I didn't become a skeleton to receive a lecture from a from a fucking uh, specter and yet you shall have one have a seat oh, i father you know i can't now father fiat we we are always looking forward to your lectures but um i am very curious what do you plan to sacrifice well, i sacrifice i mean there's, there's four of us here well yes of course you, as you just said we all must make a sacrifice Surely. No. And who better than you, Father Fiat? If well, only one is required, certainly they'd prefer yours. One is required, then I don't see why it need be me. I, I... Well, as a foremost relic scholar, maybe it should be you. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. As, 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 a, as a relic <laughs> scholar and as one who speaks with the Arcana, I know that they love dogs, so we should give it Fisher. No, um, uh, no. I, I, I don't agree with that. We're not giving up the dog. Bark. How dare you, Father? Can I glean what the hermit might want? Oh, there's a great idea. Yeah, I think, why don't you pitch me a skill? Okay, um, I think Caspian doesn't go according to the rules. He barrels through them in his life. He's always been a big guy with a good heart. Even just his, his self-awareness and his... Uh, sense of connection with the arcana and his, you know, his meditation. I don't know if he really gets what he has achieved. Uh, it's it's all been rather just like brute force and and kind of like things going over his head. So with this, I think I would I would like to pitch uh, an, an ins- instinct. Yeah, I love that. All right, please draw an instinct from your comfort deck. Okay, that is the seven of cups. For a nine total score limit. Fantastic. A success. You start to drown out Skeldon yammering um, and start to try to hone in on like what he said before about, you know, just what he noticed of what the hermit might be requesting. And you know the hermit's tenets. It is very much into introspection, but a lot of what the hermit values is 
finding that introspection through discarding and dismantling one's materialism. So Skeldon is talking a lot about, um, you know, people giving something up. And while Father Fiat is probably right in that it is a sacrifice that's required, you're getting the sense that it is a material sacrifice in specific that the hermit is probably requesting. And therein lies the the crux of what the hermit said when you first entered in that you may not leave or you will leave empty handed. Mm. Can Caspian take the opportunity of sacrifice in, in lieu of uh, Fiat? You're actually not really sure how many sacrifices it will take. Okay. He furrows his brow, walks toward the lantern and kneels down and in a sort of gentle fashion reaches into his coat and pulls out a little wooden rose that he whittled himself. Hmm. It was the first one that he ever did, and he always keeps it close. It's in memory of his wife, Rosalind, who passed away a long time ago, and Rose has always reminded him of her, and he took on whittling as a means of coping when he lost her. He feels a sense of freedom with this. He hasn't felt that panic of not knowing what to do without her on this trip and he knows that she's with him wherever he goes and that she's buried in him not in some rose and so he gives this little piece that he has clung to for a long time toward the lantern you offer the rose as it gets closer to the flame the flame starts to grow stronger And as you place it within the flame, the flame eats it hungrily. The sparks in the flame lap up the side of the rose, and within moments, much faster than a regular fire, it consumes it. It looks a bit healthier, but unfortunately, it is not satisfied. More sacrifice is required. Uh, Caspian stands up from his kneel and uh, sniffs. (laughs) Well, I think we need more sacrifices. So, uh, pony up, Fiat. Me? Why? I, but I like my things. I, uh. Might make it more powerful, then. <laughs> Surely you don't intend to disrespect the hermit, Fiat. Now, you see here, don't you t- tell me about disrespecting <laughs> the arcana. Don't you, you don't, don't think you can teach me about what the arcana wants, what the arcana considers respectful. Get, Father, you're getting worked up again. Move move out of the way. Move out of the way. I will sacrifice. <laughs> if, if I must be the one to, 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 to make a proper sacrifice, then I will do it for the good of all. All right. So <laughs> Fiat will kneel down next to the lantern and uh, uh, like whisper into the lantern directed at the hermit. If you don't mind, I would really like this back when this is all done. If that could be arranged. That would be, this is, it's, it's, it's Fiat. Please. Maybe, hopefully, <laughs> and uh, I will. I will take. Are you there, the hermit? It's me. It's me. I'm going to use my key item here. I'm going to. I'm going to remove the medallion from my neck, um, which is it's it's a this heavy gold medallion on a on a gold chain. Um, and it's got uh, a symbol signifying the specters on one side and the, a symbol signifying the hierophant on the other. Take it off and very sort of hesitantly and tentatively with one like last look, I'm going to get in so much trouble for this and drop it into the lamp. 
hungrily once again. The flame devours it. If you had to guess, the lantern looks about halfway healthy. There's still more sacrifice to be done. That that wasn't enough. I I gave <laughs> I gave the token of my station gifted to me, and 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 now and and it's that is not enough. This is a greedy arcana. Perhaps if we offer it something that that we need most in this moment, Sombra, she's going to step up and offer her only weapon, the thing that. Well, I mean, judging by the encounter that you just had, the the thing that will keep you alive down here. And she drops it into the flame. The flame laps at it. It eats it up. All these items are gone now. You don't see them anywhere. It's just a tiny lantern, but it's just devouring these items. So close. All right. Okay. I I see. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll do something as well. Um, Betty will walk up to the lantern. Um, She has this bracelet on her left her left wrist she unclasps it and looks at it one last time and it's this beautiful jewel that's made up of like pearls and obsidian that are in the shape of a cow <laughs> it was it's the last last item of like monetary and sentimental significance that her father the milkman had ever given her <laughs> is the milkman a profession or is it his name <laughs> a title you don't you don't ask that question he's just he's known by he's known as the milkman <laughs> like this this bracelet even though her father gave it to her it's also every last dime to her name at this point she tosses it in you toss it in <laughs> one item each and you watch as the flame devours all your items and the lantern becomes lit again And there's a moment where it becomes almost corporeal. It doesn't look like you could reach right through it. It flickers. It seems strong enough now. The staff rises from behind the pile of skeleton bones and becomes upright and glides towards you all. And the lantern rises from its place on the train tracks and hooks itself onto the staff. You seem to have offered enough for it to press on though it does not look yet as corporeal as needed for you to take it. And as it does, it swivels again 180 like it first did when it saw you, and it starts to continue on down the train tracks. Follow it, of course. Of course. Yes. Yeah, of course. We're all following the lantern. I mean, okay, yes, can, I, can I find Skeldon's... Uh, like spine, just so he has like a little pole to sit on. <laughs> <laughs> Make an analyze check. <laughs> Uh, analyze. Ooh, I'm comfortable with analyze. There's literally seven wrong spines sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've rolled the ace of cups. Nice. Okay. Somehow, Betty, you're better at anatomy than maybe all of us thought. And you sift through a couple spines. You're like, not this one, not this one. And maybe Skeldon helps you. He's like, yeah, not that one, not that one. No, for sure, not that one. And then finally, you pull up the just the perfect spine. And you place Skeldon's <laughs> head up atop it. <laughs> All right. Is that, is that more comfortable for you? Uh, I mean, some legs would be nice, but... I mean, one thing at a time. Uh. Can't get too greedy. We're on a kind of a time crunch here. Yeah. Wait, you guys are just leaving? We're not bringing Skeldon with us? <laughs> uh, I I think we can bring Skeldon with us. Hey, all right. Skeldon's part of the group again. <laughs> can, uh, can Fisher, like... <laughs> I know we brought the spine in to like have him be propped up, but uh, now that he's attached to the spine, can uh, Fisher grab his spine like a stick and carry him around? Well, yeah. Can I? Oh, okay. As, yeah. as Fisher grabs it, though, I'm going to reposition so the spine is going through like kind of where the ear, ear canal is, just so that his like head is upright 
and you can see properly. That's uh, nice. This is, you, yeah, have you ever had your spine just in the absolute wrong place? Holy shit. Owie. Yeah, you're telling me. A lot of complaining. <laughs> I literally don't even know how long I've been here, for Christ's sake. My body's in pieces. I'm a fucking skeleton. I grab a femur and jam it in his mouth. <laughs> skeleton, also, can you teach me that that odd and fascinating xylophone song? Mm. He looks at you with a femur in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll 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 raise my sunglasses and 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 give him a very stern, unnerving look as I remove the femur slowly. <laughs> uh, I feel like once you lose the part of your mind that you know is able to make salient thoughts, as I am, uh, that's what gives you the power to do xylophone. I see. I'd love to teach you. I've heard it a million times, but uh, I'm I'm no musician. It's like rah, rah. In, yeah. in, in any case. Uh, that's Lover right. of the Bony Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I hated it, but and yet. But and yet. It's catchy, right? Yeah. It's a bone worm. <laughs> anyway. Oh. A lot of, lot of skeletal <laughs> humor. <laughs> yeah, it's wearing out. Let's go. <laughs> I just want to say, I once saw a meme that was like, um, like Woody, you know, like the, the doll from Toy Story. Yeah. Like his head was attached to his leg. Uh, and, and was just like there on the table and it said I'm the snake in my boot oh, shit. <laughs> oh my god very good terrifying that is... that's some eldritch shit oh yeah, yeah. no kidding alright skeleton in tow um, once more the lantern is lit and though you get the sense that your efforts are a temporary fix the flame and the lantern itself continue to flicker feebly atop the staff and it continues down the train tracks. All of a sudden, the lantern stops and flickers out once again. And you hear that familiar voice. Still, you press on. Forgoing a single possession will not provide enlightenment. You know, you come seeking something. You will be disappointed. Hmm. The last word kind of rings out. It's dark. And all at once, you are startled by a great crashing sound from the right side of the train tracks. It's the liminal whale, cresting from the surface of the lake, then rising gracefully into the sky, surrounded by a protective bubble of water. The darkness of the water bubble glitters like a galaxy and contrasts oddly with the actual night sky above you. A composite image of two galaxies, with the great beast floating between. And then, it dives down into the lake once more, and disappears. I think Sombra like has a notebook open and is like taking some furious notes in like the wake of seeing the liminal whale, you know, and she's muttering under her breath, like able to pass through at will. Can we grab the lantern and follow the whale or are those two different choices? The lantern has flickered out. Okay. The whale has shown up as almost like a set piece. <laughs> but the the lantern is out now and the whale provided just a little bit of light for you to actually everyone make an analyze check for me. Will do. Ooh, that's a queen of swords. That's a crit success. Oh, let's go with that. Um, yeah, mine's a fail. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe you're just like, you just had a very emotional moment and maybe you were taken aback, Caspian, by the beauty of the liminal whale. Hmm. But Father Fiat, you are not distracted by such things. And um, in fact, you have drawn a critical success, which allows you to uh, grant another player plus one to their limit score for a future draw. But as the liminal whale comes up, Sombra's taking notes. Caspian, you're distracted. Betty, did you fail or succeed? I succeeded. Okay. You notice Father Fiat 
glance down the train tracks and you follow his gaze because you notice about 30 or so feet away, the lantern has relit and is lying down on the ground. And just before you're about to do anything, you see a long tentacle reach out, grab it, and pull it underwater. Ugh. Well, there goes our relic. <laughs> well, look, I didn't give my medallion away for nothing. Let's go get it. Let's go in after it. Wait, you want to go running in after a giant fucking tentacle like that? I. Oh, we've come this far. Shit. Are we running in or are we running out? Uh, no. I've got friends who have tentacles. It's no problem for me. You see? There you go. <laughs> Caspian says this will be fine. Good enough for me. I'll, I'll run in that direction. You run to where you saw the lantern get taken underwater, and you look over the side of the train tracks and down into the water, and previously the water was completely dark, and now you see something, almost like sparks, just below the surface of the water. What would you like to do? I'll fucking reach in for it. <laughs> see, if I, see if I can fish out that goddamn relic. Careful, careful, Betty. A direct approach. I'd like you to make a kinetic draw for me. Hey, Betty, take plus one. Okay, so my limit score in my discomfort deck is a seven now. Okay. Thank you. I got a knight of swords. Ooh. Ooh, a failure. Actually... I'm going to use my key item, oh. and I'm going to make that a success. Oh my god. Probably wise. I feel like as I'm like reaching into this like static water, I'm starting to get shocked a little bit. I'm going to reach into my back pocket, and I'm going to pull out this leather-bound book, which is my address book. Um, <laughs> and then I think I'll flip to the first page of my address book, and I'll look at my, my mother's name. Mm. It has her phone number there, which is not mm. active anymore. Knowing that she was in this book at one point and I could have used it to call her up, it gives me some comfort and maybe gives me the will to reach a little bit further into the water and continue to fish. <laughs> well, luckily, you take a look at your address book just in time. And I think that, like, had you been very, very concentrated on the water, you might have done what whatever was under the water surface expected you to do. But being a bit distracted, major arm movement a little bit erratic and seaweed jolts out from the side of this like concrete wall this uh that the train tracks are built upon and goes to grab your hand to pull you under but because your movements are erratic it misses and you do not go underwater i didn't i didn't feel the relic down there or anything like i didn't no okay what is it betty what happened yeah it's it's bad under there we shouldn't we shouldn't venture under that surface there it seems like a bad time can I try something tech magical? Yes, please. Uh, so Fiat's, uh, his form is utility, and that focuses on like protection and tactical stuff. I'm wondering if I can move some of the water out of this area. Oh. I think that like what makes sense here, this is, this is, it's kind of a wild thing to like essentially part the seas. So <laughs> uh, it's, it, probably makes sense that it should be a great effect. Lots of, like, high cost. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Depending on whether you succeed or not, let's go for a medium effect, because okay. the seaweed was just under the surface. Okay. What does it cost me? It'll cost you four points of potential, two stamina, but your limit score will go up by two. Okay. And please draw from your comfort deck. I will. Okay, so that puts me then at a ten. 
And Eight of Swords. A success. Father Fiat parts the sea. <laughs> but just barely enough and just for a moment for you all to see the relic, the lantern, wrapped up in the seaweed. And you see a, a better view of the seaweed now. And it is lit up under here because there's like sparks flowing through the seaweed leaves. This looks to be um, shocking seaweed. Uh, you're familiar with it. It does grow around Aquaketch, and it apparently grows here. <laughs> and the relic is stuck in it. Right, well. What your draw has done here, Fiat, is that you were able to see exactly where it was, but the water does go back to where it was before. So it's wrapped up in some seaweed and just need to, I don't know, cut it free? Oh, I sorely regret giving up my dagger. Yes, that was <laughs> foolish. I guess that's the point. Not to volunteer this for you, uh, Caspian, but you do have an indestructible dog. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, right. Uh, Fisher! <laughs> <laughs> Who's a good boy? <laughs> a good boy. And he comes bounding out of the, out oh, of the please weed. please tell me he's got a bone. Oh, yeah, he's got a bone. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Because um, he's always going around sniffing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, Fisher shows up with a bone. I'm sicking him on whatever's down there. Cool. I'd like you to make a kinetic draw for Fisher. Okay. At discomfort because mm -hmm. it's underwater. So luckily Fisher is indestructible, which means he won't get hurt. But let's see how <laughs> well he does at retrieving the thing. Okay. Uh, I'm going to use the uh, sand dollar and I'm going to guess it's a wands. Yeah, nice. Uh, but it's yeah. five of wands anyway, so I'm good. Oh, baby. Okay. You succeed. Or rather... Fisher, Fisher succeeds. succeeds. Do you just like drop him into the water, or like? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I do the thing, I, and it's and it's done with love. But uh, yeah, uh, I go over and pat him on the head a little bit, but then grab his head again and just kind of like walk over to the water's edge and put my arm out in front of me uh, at eye level, and then just kind of drop him in, plop him in. Perfect. <laughs> you grabbing by the head is such a funny fucking <laughs> just sculling this dog <laughs> you yeah he, uh fisher goes in fisher finds this thing handily and fisher is indestructible so you're watching this the sparks course through the seaweed trying to break this dog down but this dog is not having any of it <laughs> this dog grabs onto the lantern and it starts to try to pull away I'd like you to roll a little bite damage for Fisher. So mm. roll a d4 for me. Three again. So Fisher is trying to grab at this lantern, right? And the lantern is not yet corporeal. So Fisher is trying to bite all around it just to get it loose from the seaweed. Fisher does three damage to the seaweed, which is not quite enough for it to become untangled. Fisher's not wrapped up in this seaweed for now, but it's going to take a little extra something for him to allow the lantern to rise to the surface. Uh, well, I'm at the water's edge. Yeah. Can I just plunge my hand in? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a big boy. Okay. <laughs> Give me another kinetic check at discomfort. Okay. Can I, like, grab onto his shoulder to try and steady him? Yeah. And I'll be watching from a safe distance. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm going to go pentacles with my lucky sand dollar. Perfect. Um, and, hey, it is. And it's a four anyway. Okay. So we're good. Fisher is trying to just, like, bite at this uh, at the seaweed, and you notice that he gets caught, like, just trying to, like, 
bite at a certain uh, big clump of it that's just like not coming loose. So Caspian is standing at the uh, in the water, just at, like just touching the water's edge, and sees this all go down. He knows that Caspian has just like these pointy little teeth that can sink in and stay there, and he sees him get a hold, and that's really all he needs. So he plunges that big forearm into the water, finds Fisher's head surprisingly easily, just yanks. <laughs> Fantastic. You yank. And you feel the seaweed come loose when you do. Fisher comes up to the surface with you, and because the lantern is incorporeal, he does not have it in his mouth, but it is loosed from the seaweed. You watch as the seaweed kind of retreats a little bit, having taken a bunch of uh, dog damage, (laughs) and the lantern slowly floats to the top of the water. Okay. Is it lit? It's not lit, unfortunately. Oi. Looks like it might require a bit more fuel might require a little more sacrifice. But we just did this. <laughs> it's not playing around with us. It, 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 it wants what we think that we need. So very confidently this time, I think, and determinedly, Sombra walks directly up to the lantern, the extinguished lantern, and takes from around her domed crown this circlet. I was hoping to save this in case we got into another fight, but... Please accept my blessed circlet, Hermit, and tosses it in. You toss it in. The flame laps it up, even being right on the surface of the water. It looks weak. It looks like it requires a lot more this time. Uh, I've uh, been on the sea for some time and uh, didn't know one way or the other whether I wanted to move forward with this whole living thing, so... uh, He reaches into his pocket and grabs the deed to his ship. You toss that in. The flame does lap at it a bit. It doesn't seem satisfied. (sighs) Caspian takes off his ring, puts that in. It eats it. It's not satisfied. Caspian doesn't know how this whole arcana thing works, but he's found solace in this particular one. And it got him through some heavy times. And maybe he didn't have all the information necessary to know how this thing works. And uh, Caspian reaches into his pocket and brings out the lucky sand dollar that he has rubbed through his anxieties since Rosalind died. He throws it into the flames. It eats. It consumes it. Finally, the flame appears satiated by your sacrifice. It's not there yet, but you've given it something substantial. Uh, Caspian wipes away a single tear. I think Betty would walk up to the lantern, take out her lucky switchblade, look at it for a moment, and turn back to the group and be like, this thing stabbed a lot of snitches in its day. (laughs) (laughs) The nastiest royal of them all. (laughs) She tosses it in. It's run its course. It's done its job. The flame eats at your switchblade. It seems somewhat satiated. Almost there. Fiat approaches slowly and removes the beautiful dagger from its his little scabbard on his waist and gives a little kiss to where the inscription is and just says very quietly, Forgive me, my love. And gently places it in. In turn, the flame sort of gently eats at it. 
the lantern seems satisfied finally, and it begins to rise out of the sea and find itself upright again on a waiting staff in front of you. And though it seems ready to leave, you hear Skeldon from um, below you near the dog just go, that was beautiful. <laughs> Next time you're going in the lamp. Well, hey, I was literally just about to offer my fucking spine. <laughs> <laughs> Father, you're so quick to judge. Someone throw my spine in the fucking lantern. I'm done with it. I've used it. It's it's, it's the hermits now. Father Fiat's grabbing no his spine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make a make a kinetic check for me. <laughs> me? Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, cool. Uh, At discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. It was going to be that anyway. Um, okay. Perfect. I I have a six limit score, and I drew the three of pentacles. I grabbed that spine. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. You almost grabbed the spine and the head, but you are good. Uh, you managed to grab just the spine and disconnect it from the head um, in a somewhat painful way, and the spine goes into the flame. And actually, the flame eats it quite readily. And Skeldon was like, whoa, my head almost went with that. I'm, I'm picturing the lantern just eating it like someone deep throwing a banana. Yeah, a banana. I was thinking like, you know, in the cartoons when they eat a fish and like the whole yeah. fish goes yes. in the house and then yeah. just the, yeah, anyway. As you feed it, the lantern turns around and starts to proceed down the tracks and you hear the voice once more. My, my, you are certainly a tenacious bunch. Not many have made it this far. Not many have tried to be fair. Rude, isn't it? To not only come to me with consumerist intent, but also with intent to break my solitude. People are so disappointing. The voice reverberates, and perhaps particularly within you, Caspian, as you proceed, as you follow the lantern, and this time you walk for quite a long ways, an almost unfathomable amount of time. It could be hours, it could possibly be an entire day, but eventually you see something begin to form at the horizon. Finally. It sticks out as it's the first edifice or landmark of any kind that you've seen on the side of the lake, and as you approach, the lantern accelerates towards it. You can make it out as you follow. An old, dilapidated, and abandoned train car. It's structurally stable due in part to the iron workings of the car, but also held together by vines and weeds that course throughout like veins. As you enter the train car, a figure sits at the far end, reclined lazily with their feet propped up on the crooked seats opposite them. They look quite small, likely exacerbated by the loose, unremarkable clothing that hangs off them. A hood obscures most of their face, save for one orange eye that pierces you from the shadows. And as the staff slides toward their waiting hand smoothly, you see how they all flicker in harmony. The lantern, the flame, and the hermit. After all you've given up, you want this, don't you? It's not, it's not for us. It's not for you. You're so correct. You shouldn't have even seen the liminal whale, let alone made it to the end of the tracks. Looks at Betty. Everything needed to line up perfectly, and it did. Lucky. Her- Hermit, may I humbly ask, why is your relic sought out by my maker? Sombra, you know what this means, right? 
I'm sorry, Hermit. No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You all have passed my test. I have to give you this. This is the last relic. They need to build the amplifier. The device will ensure immortality. It will erase the end of life. It will erase our purpose as Arcana. It will end the cycle. I do not trust you with this, but I am compelled to give it to you. And once you leave, the ground on which my relic forsook me will be cursed forevermore. Hermit, this can't... This can't be true. This must be a mistake. The amplifier is... is, is, is it, it's... It'll serve all of us. It's not about immortality, sh- surely. What do you all know about this? What have you been keeping from me? Betty? Fiat? Caspian? Listen, I, I was told to come here and get this, bring it back, and then the troubles in my life would be dealt with. That's it. That's all I know. I was told nothing more. Nothing more than anyone else. I knew. No. What? What do you mean you knew? They, they told me it would bring immortality, that no one would ever have to die again, and that's consumed my life as I've known it. I did it for her. Caspian, don't you understand? Death is the most sacred part of life. If we erase it, we erase life itself. This can't be my, my, this can't be what my maker has planned. It's, you're lying. Her death erased life itself. The hermit flickers over to you, Caspian, and holds your face in their hand for a moment. Caspian, let go. This was never intended for you. <sighs> okay. Okay. Hermit, you're telling us we have to take this. I have to give you this. You do not have to take this. Well, then we won't. The child is right. This is, this is, this is sacrilege. This is against the arcana itself. Thank you, Fiat. Yes. Heresy. Leave it. No, we're taking that with us. Betty, surely you can't. Surely you can't agree with what my maker is trying to do. Sometimes you have to look after yourself. I can't go back empty-handed. Betty, this isn't looking after yourself. This is this is dooming the world to to an existence without the Arcana. If there are no more cycles, then there will be effectively no more Arcana. H- how how can you think this is looking after yourself? This if, is if I don't if I don't bring this back, I have no existence. Change is immutable. It must happen for life to exist. A cycle must exist, and for a cycle to exist, a beginning and an end must be present. I I kind of want to make a grab for this relic. Can I? Do you? Oh, please. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to reach out my hands to the hermit and just say, Arcana, hermit, bless me with your relic and I will ensure it never lands in my maker's hands. I will ensure that her plan does not come to fruition. Please, please. I do not trust you with this, but I am compelled to give it to you. I am so disappointed in everything that people have done. So am I. Caspian, get it. No, I'm not giving this back. We are leaving empty-handed. We are leaving empty-handed. We are hiding this from my maker. Fiat, help 
Help me. Caspian grabs it. No, 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 no. You Caspian. see here, you put that down. I'm going to push Father Feet out of the way. Betty, how dare you? We're not leaving empty handed. Caspian, if you don't die, how will you see her again? She's right, you know, Caspian. Immortality from now on will not bring back the one you lost. It'll only ensure that you linger on alone. Come with us, Caspian. You don't you don't have to be alone. Please, we can't let her do this. Caspian tucks it under his arm and walks towards Quintessa. <sighs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Caspian. Betty. Can I burn the last of my points of potential to try and throw up like a protective bubble around the three of us, excluding Betty? Oh. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to say that'll cost you three points of potential. That is all I have. Perfect. Okay, so this is two stamina. Yeah, and your limit score goes up by two and draw from your comfort deck. Okay. Okay, okay, so I am at a 10, and that is the chariot, which is a mixed success. Here's where the mixed success comes into play. Betty, you see this happening, and you have a moment to get into this bubble. I'm going to have you roll a, if you'd like to run into it and be enshrouded in this protective bubble as well, I'm going to have you roll a kinetic check. Otherwise, you're stuck here. Absolutely, I'm going to try and get in on that. Okay. Uh, kinetic is discomfort, but I'm going to use my lavender-scented eye pillow to draw from my comfort deck instead. Okay. Kinetic. So, you got to be Nate. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> Uh, I got the King of Pentacles. Yes! Oh. Crit <laughs> fail. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Betty, I think right as you try to move, the hermit flickers in front of you and it catches you off guard and you trip Fuck. in this train car. And as Betty's luck finally runs out, the bubble closes around Caspian, Fiat, and Sombra, and they look upon Betty with horror as Sombra takes out the vocal processor, her maker's vocal processor, from the Regent's very first build, she blows into it, producing the very same elegy she played at the funeral only this time. It's an elegy for Betty, who will be left behind. And an invisible force begins to push the bubble encasing you, and you sense the hermit's magic guiding the way. The bubble floats up out of the door and into the air, and you all have your last glimpse of the train car, of the lake, of Betty's face as she tries in vain to run after you. And then, the bubble sinks down into the lake, taking you across the barrier and back into the oceans of Aquacatch. Encased in your bubble, the three of you go speeding through the pitch black, and the liminal whale... It appears in the darkness and swims alongside you, and it sings. It sings a song of Caspian, Fiat, Sombra, and Betty. We pull back. We pull far back across time and matter, across the recesses of your minds, and the vision fades, and you're in Paragarden. Crater holds Riot's lifeless body in his arms, and the liminal whale... She sings.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.